What's going on, Pickleballers? Today's guest is Ed Ju. You may know him as Davis Pickleball on Instagram. He's a Selkirk-sponsored content creator. He's always coming out with great tip videos to take your game to the next level. Ed, man, it's good to have you on the show. Thanks for having me, Tyler. And what is Davis Pickleball? I know a lot of my friends know you. When I told them I was having Ed on the podcast, they were like, who? And I'm like, oh, Davis Pickleball. And they immediately knew who you were. <laughs> what is Davis Pickleball? Yeah, I get that a lot. Like a lot of people are like, hey, Davis, I have a question. And I'm like, okay, I guess that's just part of my name now. That's fine. Um, no, but Davis is the city I live in. I live in Davis, California. Um, I started this pickleball account um, like two years ago, mainly because I was like doing some lessons here and there. And I was like, oh, I'll just make an account, post some stuff. Um, and it kind of just grew what it, what it is today. Um, but for all these out there, I'm my name is Ed. Um, Davis is just where I live. I may, I may need to change my handle one day, but you know, it's fine for now. <laughs> I mean, now it's working, so I don't necessarily know if you want to mess with the secret sauce, but yeah, hopefully mo more people start to know you as Ed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so you started the account two years ago, but how did you get involved in Pickleball exactly? That's a good question. So like many others, um, I found pickleball through a friend who's like, hey, try this out. And of course, me being the amazing athlete that I was, I'm like, heck no, like I'm way too good for this sport. Uh, but no, I tried it. I remember I was on a tennis court. There were actually no pickleball lines. So we just had pickleball paddles and, you know, a cheap Walmart wiffle ball. And um, we were like imagining where the kitchen was because we knew like, okay, there's supposed to be this thing called a kitchen. So we just like imagined it on our tennis court there. And I just remember like hitting the ball. I'm like, wait, this is actually kind of fun. Um, and at that time I was living in Monterey. So when I got back home, I was like, you know, I Googled pickleball near me and I found like this senior center. So I showed up the next day with my $20 Walmart paddle. And um, I just remember getting my butt clapped by like a bunch of like 70 year olds. I'm like, what the, f like, no way, no, 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 no. So I went home, Amazon, like intermediate paddle, bought my $60 paddle, came back the next day, still got whooped, repeat that like five more weeks. And I was like YouTubing every night, like how to get good at pickleball. You know, a lot of people share the same story, but I found pickleball really during the pandemic, um, humbled by the sport and just like, you know, hooked by it. Right on. And then what made you go from just pickleball player getting slapped by some grandmas every now and then to yeah. creator? Yes. I mean, it kind of, I, I mean, I won't, I'll be honest with you. I wasn't like planning it or anything at that time. I was, um, I still am. Uh, I was doing a lot of wedding photography. Um, so I, you know, I had my job, you know, and I was just kind of doing pickleball as a hobby, getting some exercise. Um, and when I moved back to Davis, um, you know, at this point, I had pretty much watched every single YouTube tutorial out there for pickleball. So I like to think, you know, I knew some basics of pickleball. And uh, in Davis, I didn't really see a lot of great players. So, you know, as I was playing with people, um, I, you know, got some requests like, hey, can you like teach me pickleball? Like, hey, how do you, what are you doing? What is that dinking thing you're doing? You know, like, um, you know, I started to catch people's attention and I just started doing lessons here and there, started my account, took some photos and like kind of did some social media voodoo and, um, 
it kind of just grew to where it is today. I um, partnered with my friend uh, Dylan Goldman. He's a really good pickleball player, and he taught me a lot pickleball too. And together we kind of you know taught lessons and uh, did some content, and it kind of just snowballed to what it is today. Now I'm like, I'm just doing pickleball full time. Now I'm teaching, I'm making videos, and it's all good. So pickleball full time, but you still do wedding photography here and there, or, is, or are you constantly booked through? throughout the weekends for wedding photography? Yeah, so about a year ago, um, you know, I hired a team of photographers to kind of grow my business a little bit. So I have some shooters, they're good friends of mine, and um, I still will shoot weddings because I really do enjoy it. Um, I have a few venues that I'm partnered with in my uh, area. Um, so I'll shoot weddings occasionally, but I would say 90% of my time is like dedicated to pickleball. I'm like, sleeping pickleball waking up to pickleball like the other morning um i woke up a little bit early and i couldn't go back to sleep and um my wife was cracking up in the morning because she like comes out and i'm like shirtless in the kitchen like filming a ridiculous reel and she's like what are you doing like she's like you know only married to a pickleball content creator just you know you never know what you're gonna wake up to <laughs> hey pickleball content creation i mean we got a creative community here i mean no one's i guess unafraid to try or no one's afraid to try just different things and it's it's awesome and the content's great yeah no it's the wild west right now like freaking anyone could be a pickleball content creator there's so much money in pickleball like i, I was watching a podcast with like zay navratil and he was like you know because i know he came from like accounting so he was like talking about how like you know a lot of these like pros they're like good and they're like full-time pickleball they're like you know playing paycheck to paycheck and really struggling with money like you know because that's where their only income comes from and they're like Zane was like dude like there's so much money to make a pickleball like go like teach a lesson or like go make a video or something you know um so right now pickleball content creation like anybody can be good at you know pickleball content creation like anybody can just start making it there's not like there's no mr beasts in you know pickleball content creation right now right so it's like Hey, the soil is fertile, like plant and your so seeds. What do you recommend for people that want to get into pickleball content creation and they just don't know exactly where to start or how to start? Yeah, well, honestly, like um, that's a good question because I have a few friends who are kind of like jumping into the scene too, and they're like better players than me. Um, and I would say like just like as cliche as it sounds, just like hit that record button, just see what comes out of it. You're going to learn your niche. You're going to learn how to teach. You're going to learn how to communicate as you keep recording and posting and the feedback you get from people. But basically what I've noticed personally is people crave authenticity. Like people like when you're real, even if you're not the best player, if you teach something that you learned, people like will listen to that like a lot of my top performing reels and stuff is like literally me like whoa i just learned something that like i never knew before like whoa i just learned this new technique and you know of course like there'll be tennis players coming out like oh my god you didn't know that like you're, you suck how, how can you even teach you know like but 90 percent of everyone else is like i didn't know that either i really like how you explained it because that's how i would have thought so even if like you know you're not super experienced with everything you're not the tyson mcguffin like people crave authenticity and people love journey stories you know what i, I mean it, man. 
I love it. Yeah. Speaking of your content, one authenticity really does feel like it's at its all time high or at at as high as it's can be because you're just naturally authentic, I think. I saw a video earlier of, of you today getting some acupuncture done. I mean, that was yeah. cool. But I also yeah. love your wall tip videos. Like I've started to use those. We have a wall at my local park and if no one's there, mm. I get there early. Like these wall videos that you've created are amazing. But you also kind of have like a wall setup too that that helps you yeah. like dink to the left and dink to the right. I don't quite have that, but <laughs> love the wall. Yeah, video. yeah. No, yeah, the wall, honestly, I do attribute a lot to of my progression through wall drills just because of how many touches you can get with the wall. Like if you're out there drilling with a friend, like those are all good. You get good at dinks and serves and all that. But with the wall, you just get tons of repetition and you don't need anybody else. And for me, like, I don't really like bothering people too much. That's just kind of my personality. Like, so for me, I'm like, I'll just, you know, bike over there, put on some music, you know, get a couple thousand hits in. Um, great for volleys and hand speed. Um, initially, I just started, you know, putting like tape on the wall. And then um, a company reached out to me. They make uh, mini pickleball nets that actually fit right to the wall. I think that's what you might be talking about. Yeah. Um, and that kind of makes it more realistic and helps a better visual. So I started to use that instead. Um, but honestly, wall drills are like, I, I legit used to do them against my refrigerator because <laughs> like it was like 99 degrees outside and I'm like, I don't want to go outside. So I, would, I put tape on my refrigerator and I would like bang against it. And um, my wife wasn't, uh, uh, with me at the time, but there was a short season of my life where I would be like up at 2 a.m. And, you know, our house is like, it was a, uh, we lived in kind of like a little cottage thing. So I'm like, oh, no one's going to hear me. And so I would bang against at like 2 a.m. And like a week later, like uh, I bumped into my neighbor and he was like, hey, like, have you been hearing this like weird, like thumping sound? Like it's super like weird. It's like only at like 2 a.m. And I'm like sweating bullets. I'm like, oh, shoot. You know what? I'm going to have to look into that. I, I might have been working out at that time. But <laughs> so I stopped doing that and I just do it in the normal daytime as a normal human being. <laughs> and so yeah. do you keep the, the fridge drills going or that's long gone? That's long in the past. You know what? Yeah, that that was like 3.5 ed. Now I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm past that now. So <laughs> yeah, right on, man. And how did the Selkirk sponsorship, the content creation, come about? Um, yeah, good question. So Selkirk, it all it all happened really fast. Honestly, I feel like there's just like happened about a year ago. Um, I was just starting to get into more like review videos and like more serious uh, pickleball content. And at that time, I got like two offers like back to back. It was one with Pickleball Central, one with Selkirk. I wasn't sure if there was like something going on, but I signed with both of them kind of like at the same time. And um, yeah, that would just happen really organically. Like I didn't really reach out to anyone. They just kind of saw what I was posting and they just sent me an email. I was like, hey, do you want a media sponsorship? And I was like, I didn't even know that existed for Pickleball, sure. And, um, but really that relationship with uh, Pickleball Central and Selkirk really kind of catapulted me and gave me a lot of uh, freedom and ability to transition to full-time Pickleball. Um, so I, I would definitely say like, I got super lucky. Like I, you know, I, I was working hard, but you know, I felt like I was just really lucky to be able to get that for sure. sure.
and and it's awesome seeing your content one you have paddle reviews with selkirk unboxings and then you're just always decked out in the latest selkirk stuff so even if i don't follow <laughs> selkirk i can kind of keep along with what they're doing just because when i see your videos i know like all right this is what selkirk's been up to yeah <laughs> yeah no that's that sounds pretty accurate <laughs> So question for you, if you're a beginner, and I'm sure you've coached and, and trained beginners in the past, what are th about three tips would you say can really take a beginner from that mm. level to maybe the next level? Or what are three constant mistakes beginners are making that that would be you know worth correcting immediately if possible? Yeah, that, no, that's a good question. I'm always thinking about that because my whole mind, like I'm always thinking about how I can help people get better at pickleball. And I teach um, weekly beginner and intermediate classes for my city. Um, and I'm always like kind of tweaking and take, uh, tweaking and kind of fine tuning my, my lesson plans. Um, and you know what, if you asked me this like three months ago, I would have said like, oh, teach them the soft game, teach them how to ding, teach them how to control the ball. But now I'm almost leaning towards like, before you teach a beginner like the soft game, like they need to learn how to smash the ball. They need to learn how to put away balls and they need to learn how to volley balls. Just because, and it sounds backwards now because I've always learned it like, no, teach them how to hit soft first, like teach them the fundamentals of pickleball. But the issue is you teach them all this soft game stuff, right? You teach them how to dink and you teach them drops and whatever. They go out and they, they go out and play their normal games and then they play against someone, they play against people who never drop. They play against people who never dink and they come up to me and like ed like none of my games we ever dink like why do i need a dink and i'm like oh no no you'll you'll find out eventually like it's important and it is important but at the very beginner level like i feel like they really do need to understand how to hit a ball down when it's like up here and instead of like running away and letting that bounce they just need to learn how to be like yo that's a gift I'm gonna smack that. So lately I've been doing that in my beginner classes of like, I'm gonna feed you a gift. I'm gonna give you a ball that's right here, that's juicy and really fun to hit. And I'm just gonna have you guys have fun and smack this ball against me. Sorry, you can bleep that out. But this really like helps them kind of understand both like, I want to hit these really high fun balls, but I also don't want to give my opponent these high fun balls. So they naturally start to understand like, oh, okay, I love hitting these balls. I don't love when my opponents hit that balls. And now they start dinking naturally from a sense of fear. You know what I mean? So instead of teaching them like, just do this because it's good, I'm teaching them to learn it themselves because as soon as they pop a ball up, they're gonna understand the, their friends that they're practicing with are all smashing these balls because Ed taught people how to smash balls. So now it kind of, they train themselves organically based out of, fear and you know learning from mistakes that makes a lot so, of sense so it's almost like they're dinking because they kind of know the consequences of leaving a ball up exactly yeah exactly wow. so then so, when would the yeah. like when do you think it would be necessary like sure you're learning how to dink based on fear as you say it but like at what mm -hmm. point does dinking become in your opinion like something that needs more focus like yeah it's great to hit these juicy balls and then as yeah. a byproduct of that, learn how to dink. But at what level is it time to like kind of focus on dinking maybe a little bit more? Yeah, I would say like I start 
doing more dinking focus with my like three five players, um, players who I can tell they're not just playing just for fun, but they like are playing because they want to get better. And there's like kind of a difference, like you know, it's like those people who like are down to drill. You know, there's like one category of players who like just wants to play all the time. For those, I'm like, I'm not gonna really focus on dinking because I know you're not gonna drill dinking. You just want to play all day, and that's fine. Like pickball, you do what's fun for you. But there's a category of players who, like, I can tell they're like, like, what's the best drill, Ed? Like, how do I do? It? And I'm like, okay. So this is a player who values repetition. Those are the players where I'm like, if you want to break through that three-five plateau, I'll teach you aggressive dinking. I'll teach you dink placements. But for players who like I know aren't going to drill, I don't really focus on dr uh, dinks too much, just because I know they just want to have fun. For them, I'll just you know work more on like how to hit better volleys, how to hit get fast hands, things like that, which are still important. But um, I would say for most players who are like are stuck at that three five, maybe four zero plateau, it's just hit so many dinks, hit so many drops that it becomes just like second nature it just becomes like any other shot that you don't have to think about it and it feels buttery it's like so muscle that's memory. kind of yeah muscle memory exactly at some point that muscle memory takes over and like you start hitting these drops without even knowing how much to put on it it just becomes like you said like second nature yeah 100 percent. and so the evolution of pickleball this is a great question for you because you're talking about what you're teaching right now and the way that you see the game evolve what mm. the game looks like in six months to a year how can players drill that now or what are you teaching players now that you think will be useful in six months to a year hmm it's an interesting question so like you're kind of getting at more like raise that yeah go ahead uh-huh so the evolution of pickleball let's say in six months to a year like where do you think it's going to be and then is there any students that you're teaching already like where you think the game's going to develop to or maybe the game won't develop enough or maybe your students don't need mm. to necessarily learn that next evolution yet but do right. you teach any of your students like what you foresee in the future mm. of pickleball yeah so from what I'm hearing, I'm, I think you're getting more at like what we're seeing in pro level pickleball, where we're seeing a lot more third shot drives, fifth shot drops. Like the game is faster than it was like five years ago. Um, that's kind of what you're kind of getting at is like. Possibly. I don't, I don't know. I mean, what, however you see it, like, yeah, faster is certainly an option, yeah. but maybe attacking from unique places or maybe throwing a lob in there too. Like, is mm -hmm, the game mm -hmm. going to get more creative in your mind or just just faster and more power and going big on serves? Or like, yeah. I guess first question is like, how do you see the game evolving within six months to a year? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, I think at the recreational level, it's going to stay more consistent at the recreational level, I think. I mean, I think you'll start pe seeing people like, oh, like I saw like, you know, like Ben Johns hit a few lobs, like maybe I should do that. Like you'll start seeing that. But the thing is like in pickleball, you only like get three shots hit at you. Like you and your buddy are at the kitchen. You're going to get three shots hit at you. It doesn't matter like who's against you. Like there's three types of shots. Someone can hit a drop when they're trying to hit like underneath you. Someone can hit a lob 
they can't get underneath you, they're gonna get hit over you, or they're gonna hit a drive. They can't hit over or under, they're gonna try to hit through you or past you. Like that's just, you know, the physics of it is the point of the game is so that I'm hitting a ball at you that you can't get. So that's really what it boils down to. Like when you're at the kitchen, you know, people are trying to hit a drop drive, you know, or lob. Um, besides that, like, it's kind of like at the recreational level, it just depends on what people are able to counter. So if people are able to counter drives real easily at the recreational level, you're probably going to see more lobs maybe where everyone is getting super good at just, oh yeah, drives, I got that down. I'm going to hit a few lobs maybe, or if th neither of those work, like, okay, I just got to get better at drops. Um, and what I've been teaching in my classes too is telling people to think about these three shots that could come at you. So instead of just thinking about like, okay, I don't know where this, what this ball is going to happen. I don't know, like they're going to try to hurt me or whatever. I just think about it this way. Like they could hit three different types of shots and they could hit in three different areas to your left, to your center, to your right. You have two people covering that kitchen and you know, it's not like crazy rocket science or anything, but when you give people these like little, you know, the checklists, it kind of simplifies the game a little bit. And instead of like them floundering around the court, like trying to like figure out where the ball is gonna go, they're just like, okay, I'm here. It could come either to my left, middle or right. It could come over me or under me. And they start being able to control the court a little bit better. So that's all to say is at the recreational level, it just depends on what, you know, ability people are hitting at them, what kind of types of shots you're getting hit at. So if you're playing with a bunch of three fives all the time, you're probably just going to see a lot of drives, maybe a few lobs here and there. You're probably not going to see a lot of very quality drops. Um, but at the pro level, that's the interesting thing because everyone is perfect at everything. So now that's where real creativity gets. And that's why I think we're seeing a lot more, you know, just ridiculous drives from extremely talented players. We're hitting, we're seeing like, we're receiving like lobs too. Like I've been noticing I'm like, hey, that was a pretty sweet lob, like totally shifted the tide. So and more players seem to be lobbing too. Like at, like a couple of years ago, it seemed like it was just mm. Callum Dawson and now like Matt Wright. Yeah. Well, like all these guys are throwing up lobs sporadically, but to definitely make their opponents, I guess, just think about one more thing, just mm -hmm. one more thing to think about. Yeah, 100% makes it like more 3D where right. it's not just 2D front and back, but now it's like, God, I think about something coming over me. Right. To the point where like Ben Johns came to reach it. You know what I mean? Like, you could love Ben Johns. Break down the game. I mean, I've never thought of it as far as like the two threes that you laid out, the three mm -hmm. uh, under at you or over and then left right center i mean it doesn't feel that simple when i'm on the court sometimes, yeah but maybe reminding myself that it could, could help me like think about i guess less things on the court mm -hmm. yeah 100 percent. right on all right i want to hit you with some quick questions i mean you could take as long as much time as you want to think about these yeah uh, quick questions if you have an answer right off the bat let's go for it I need to come up with a name for this segment but for right now i got nothing yeah um, dream men's pickleball partner mm. you know what i'm gonna say i'm calling out chris olsen pickleball studio i would love to play with that guy i feel like you know we vibe a lot you know we have similar backgrounds and uh i think we would uh make a pretty good team and uh, make some pretty good content, you know? Calling you out, Chris. 
Hey, I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Dream mixed doubles pickleball partner. Mixed doubles would 100% have to be my girl, Simone Jardine. I love that woman. When I first started playing pickleball, like I watched all her YouTube stuff and I just thought she was so badass. And uh, I met her at um, a APP uh, event one time and I got to take a photo with her and I was telling her like, oh my God, like I watched all your videos and I was like about to cry. And I was like, she's a hero of mine. I love her. Um, so definitely Simone. She Dream location. Me, Dream location, like dream location to play. You name it, and there's a pickleball court there. Where do you want it? Oh, you know, I this is not so far from a dream actually, but I would love to play pickleball in uh, Hawaii. And I know it's booming over there. I have a lot of friends in Oahu, and they're always sending me photos. Like, oh my god, we just got new courts. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna move there. <laughs> Wait, sweet. <laughs> yeah. Do you prefer to attack out of the air or off the bounce? Oh, that's a good one. You know what? I have to say it it feels better attacking out of the air. I feel more athletic, but I will say I'm probably better at off the bounce, um, especially practicing a lot against the wall. I do yeah, a I lot of like speed up resets. So I'll dink, dink, speed up. So I, I love like, catching people off guard with that. Um, but yeah. All right. Next question. How much do you like lobs of one out of 10? Receiving it or hitting it? Um, let's go with both in general. Both. Okay, so we're taking the average. All right. Um, I would say like a solid six point eight. Yeah, six point eight. Very solid six point. Yeah. Okay. And how effective do you think wall drills are? One out of ten. For wall drills, if we're talking about your overall pickleball ability. I would say like, I would say like for me is it's like an eight overall. You're, you're not gonna be able to learn drops or dinks very well. A little bit of dinks actually, but not like advanced level dinks. Um, but with volleys, speed ups, like faster hand stuff, I would say like nine and a half out of 10, like do that a lot if you wanna get better at like countering, just like feeling comfortable at the kitchen where you're like, waiting for them to hit it at you because you're like dude i've hit like thousands of these at fast pace you know for me like i love being at that kitchen and just being like i'm ready like hit hit a ball at me right, i will right. smack that at you if you want to speed it up at me and, and that makes yeah that that makes like it's funny because i've noticed as you get better at countering and you become more of a threat on the court where people know that I can't leave a high ball against Ed or I can't speed up a ball easily against Ed, they'll actually dink less aggressively against you. Right. So having better offense actually helps your soft game too, like your dinks and all that. If right. they're always like a little bit afraid or like respecting you, they're not just gonna bulldoze you over with aggressive dinks because they know one slightly high dink, you get punished for it. So I've noticed having better offense oftentimes equates to better defense. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Okay. okay, good thought. If you had to mimic your game, and maybe you're already doing this, but if you could just tomorrow you wake up and you have the skill set of any player, what player are you going with? Ooh. Mm. You know, I'm going to have to say uh, Tyler Loom. I love watching that guy play. He's like a fine squirrel. I've got to save my man Tyler. Yeah. 
Um, favorite pre-pickleball snack? Pre-pickleball snack? Dude, I'm not gonna lie. I have such a hard time eating. Like, in, if I'm playing in the morning, like, I just hate breakfast. I'm just one of those. Yeah, you know, yeah. Guilty. I'm with there. And I just will play pickleball on an empty stomach. Not gonna lie. Like, maybe, like, half a banana or something. Like, I'll drink electrolytes, things like that. But I'm totally content playing on an empty stomach. And then after pickleball, oh, man, that food tastes, like, ten times better. You know what I mean? Like, oh. So that's kind of my strat is starve myself and then enjoy after. So do you yeah. have a favorite post pickleball meal or you're just all over the place and it all tastes amazing? You know, I, I gotta say like, you know, pokey is always a good choice. Fish, oh man, can't get enough of that. Yeah, um, I mean, this Hawaii move is seems like it's yeah. more and more of a possibility. Yeah, no, I think I really do belong in Hawaii over there. So I'm just waiting for the stars to align or something, but yeah. A walk right pickleball. That's changing my name. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, no, I for post pickleball food, you know, a lot of my friends and I, you know, we'll play pickleball and we have like this kind of thing where we'll do Yolo Berry bet. Yolo Berry is basically like a place in Davis where uh, they serve like frozen yogurt, okay. which is great after pickleball. Um, so we'll bet, we'll bet Yolo Berry on it, you know? <laughs> so, so is it a, one game staple. or best, th best two out of three or what? Oh, best two out of three, for sure. Okay, yeah. okay. Tournament yeah. style. Tournament style, exactly. Right on, man. All right, well, let's wrap this up. Any last words yeah. where people can find you? Anything else you want to say? No, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on here. It's been it's been cool. I've it's the first podcast I've ever been on, so uh, hopefully I did all right. Dude, but, you're um, an awesome guest, yeah. and I think I really think, especially for me, but I think I could speak for just about everyone that's going to listen to this, is that your perspective on pickleball, I mean, just talking about tips, the evolution of the game, what you can control and what you can't, like, I'm ready to see more videos. Forget Simone Jorgim, like I'm watching <laughs> you, I'm figuring out like more to like your pickleball mind because it's definitely something that, that I can improve on. No, 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 we can't forget Simone. Simone, if you're watching this, I'm not forgetting about you, you know? I know where I stand. Simone, Ed, there we go. <laughs> All right, man. Ed Jew, ladies and gentlemen. All right, thanks, Tyler.